Hello everyone, welcome to episode 20 of the iSphere, where this week we'll be talking about um, Twitter. My name Twitter. is Joy, and... I'm I, and I'm tired <laughs> of Twitter <laughs> already. We're all exhausted this week. Um, it, it's been a really weird week, though. Uh, just, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the act... Was it Monday? Was it Monday that there was the, like, the big doomsday, or was it before that? I thought it was... I don't know. I thought it was Friday. <laughs> I, I already we, feel like it's been fucking ages. It feels like 84 <laughs> years. You know, like Gift from the Titanic. You know, it's been 84 years. It feels like that. Um, it, it, genuinely, it, it genuinely feels like, like pre-Elon Twitter was weeks ago. Um, it does. The amount but of, it wasn't. It's been a week. The, yeah, the amount of bad shit that's happened. And like, I mean, I think... The immediate thing was you saw him. Did you see him walk into Twitter HQ? I've not been watching him. So yeah. No. <laughs> so the the day the the day of the takeover, Elon Musk walked in, carrying a sink, and said, "Let that sink in." Um, because he's a he's a ultra, memer who's really funny um uh yeah it's it's it's, it's bad i'd like it's, to point out my heartbeat spiked with rage enough that holy right. actually came back into the room yeah <laughs> hi. but it's like it's proper like 16 year old like meme humor isn't it it's Very not even like embarrassing i i don't know it's it would be funny in some instances if someone did it randomly but you know that some poor person wrote that for him yeah, <laughs> he didn't think of it himself. Like, like he, he doesn't he's got, have that yeah. vibe where he can get away with it. Some poor intern wrote that for him, and that's worse. Yeah, and then I like how so like one of the things was uh, comedy is now legal on Twitter again is what he put out, and everyone has been ripping the absolute shit out of him and has found their accounts being like censored. Like I think he's had beef with like so many individual Everybody. people. Like, kind of started, like, Stephen King basically told him to fuck off. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, wouldn't you want to pay, like, $20 a month for your verification tick? And Stephen King oh. went, no. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, what about eight? So uh, Stephen King, by telling him to fuck off, made him slash his original plan by over 50%. <laughs> to- I, I just, I... <laughs> the thought process behind it and it, it's really sad i mean um there's a member of staff on tumblr who's been you know blogging about it fairly prolifically um and their point was tumblr just axed um twitter just axed 20 times more staff than currently exist at tumblr hq yeah and a holy shit tumblr is drastically <laughs> understaffed and b that's a fuck ton of people that just lost their you know their income yeah um, I mean, you're looking and at they found it through like email i think a lot yeah i mean well it was interesting so some of them it was planned for a lot of them to find out via email at a specific time what that specific time also didn't factor in was the international staff so i think all of yeah. the the uk twitter team just found themselves locked out of slack and locked out their work laptops um that was how they learned and like 
I suppose in some way it must be quite I don't want to say it's quite good to be part of like such a big group of people who've been like released into the workforce because obviously there'll be companies left right and centre putting their hands up saying we're looking for people and yeah. hopefully all these people get hoovered up quickly but I mean imagine you know let's say you're working for Twitter and you're on like a like a work visa or something like that suddenly it's not just your employment that's been taken away from you it's also your like potential your to stay care. to stay in the country and yeah. your health care mm-hmm. and everything your green, else. there was there was one person i saw lost their who's going to lose their green card because of it Eesh. that's as someone who's gone through the immigration process i don't have i have my green card i do not have um citizenship i it it took me 5 years to get my green card whilst I, I i'm this is our 10 year anniversary for our marriages next year and i still don't have full citizenship because immigration in this country is such a, a nightmare and i'm going can you i cannot imagine losing your green card almost overnight because your employer is no longer taking care of that because a lot of these people their green card is you know linked to their employment yeah and i can like the thing is is that i I, I I saw someone who was um who got who no so I, I saw someone who wasn't fired from Twitter who was talking about the actual internal company culture. He says obviously in a big tech company you're gonna have like political kind of head button every so often, mm-hmm. but like since Elon's came in, it's now like proper like sycophantic levels of it. There's like there's one woman I saw who like made a point to like tweet that she was sleeping at her desk and you know it was like so proud of the of yeah. the the she kept she kept on saying the tweeps as in like peeps but for twitter employees well, the, 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 the tweeps have been calling themselves tweeps for a long time oh have they part, okay yeah well that's yeah, embarrassing that, that's been a thing <laughs> part of the, the work culture for a long time is the tweeps yeah um Oft. i mean it's a little bit cringy but you know i mean Tumblers call themselves Tumblerunas. We can't really pass comment at this point. But, <laughs> I was going to um, say, I don't. <laughs> um, but no, like, I, I I think it's it's sad that, like, there's, because Elon Musk is so, like, he's, he's obviously very online on Twitter. I think it's kind of sad that now, like, Twitter employees who maybe just, like uh, to be honest, I didn't. I, I don't think I've ever really encountered Twitter employees the same way that you would encounter any other type of employee on like no. Facebook employee or you know anything like that. Um, yeah, I feel like it's only recently that a bunch of them have become really quite popular because obviously a lot of them are getting followed by Musk fanboys, but mm-hmm. you're also like they're also desperate to be posting to show that they're like a good faithful. Twitter worker. Look, we're here. I'm posting. I'm engaging. I'm yeah. doing the thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like, look, look, Daddy Elon. I am, I am, you yeah. know, working my best. Oh, never say that again. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> no, I'll, don't I'll... ruin that word for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, the, I think, like, that's obviously been one of the, the major kind of so I just want thing. to point out, you said Daddy Elon and we lost 30 viewers. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that, that's fine. I'll sacrifice those viewers if it means I can make you squirm. Um, 
<laughs> the uh, yeah, so I think the way that it's kind of panned out is obviously you've now got a bunch of Twitter employees that are now shilling like really hard. They're really, really going at it, and now you've got a. I, I see you've got people on the kind of like periphery um, who are saying things like, "Oh, Elon's really went in and he's shaking things up. Um, he's he's completely changing the." Um, the the work culture um, because everyone seems to have this view that like if you worked for Twitter you weren't doing any work at all and it was like the reason why all these people are getting fired is because they were asked to do like half an hour's amount of work in yeah like in a in a in in a week and the like the idea being that they would normally only do an hour of work every six months that kind of thing. Um, which is like not true yeah i mean I, like all of the yeah. i was like all of the content moderation team and the human rights team and be, like all the all the ethics teams and stuff like that that I've, I've just been bagged completely and i find that really interesting because like um when people were getting fired and they were actually being able to quite candidly speak about what their role at Twitter was. And it was like, yeah. yeah, so what we do is we actually do the kind of social experimentation of what happens when we release a new feature. Like, what actually happens when we release this to our, our global audience where, like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people online and, you know, how, how do they all interact with each other with each of these features? Um, and that is... Like I find that I find that absolutely fascinating. It's like so you had all these like research and development teams that have been, just been dismissed as like oh you've never actually done much for the platform, and yet it's like I'm not saying that Twitter's great. You know, obviously there's still a fuckload of Nazis and there's like you know a whole bunch it's the, of it's the problem shit. of regulating any massive social media. Yeah, people don't um, t- people don't yeah. understand the scale of how big Twitter is and managing that amount of users especially users who might have seven accounts, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about, like, the transphobes in the UK, like, it's so obvious that there's, like, like they sit on, like, 20, 30 accounts and they all interact with each other Raise all the time. Raise their numbers up. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's a well, it's a well-known tactic on Tumblr as well. There's yeah. not as many as you think there are. A lot of them just have sock pockets. Sock puppets to make them. That was almost a bad slip-up word there. Sock puppet <laughs> accounts to make their numbers more inflated and to make it look as if you know you're outnumbered it's a yeah. well-known tactic on i mean it's it's always been a we had it in live is it, astro, well. is it not astroturfing is that not what that is yeah uh, yeah yeah and it, it, i mean it goes back to a live drum people would have multiple accounts as well to try and make it look as if oh well i've got friends i've got people that follow me and it's like right okay well what's the ip origin for all of them oh it comes from your house oh okay <laughs> yeah you know. yeah you got um, 50 people living in your basement do you that's another problem we need to address yeah. um but yeah but it's um it's you know who was it that said it in the chat the um keith was saying you know the, the, they were firing people based on they've written the least an amount of code yeah. he's like oh so if you are an efficient coder Elon is going, oh, well, obviously you're not doing as much as the other people who've written screens. I mean, that's it's, like it's not even the, the most... spaghetti code on <laughs> Tumblr is better than having precise code. I, I mean, you know, it, the thing is, is it's it's also sometimes the most complex code. Like, it's, yeah. the, it's, it's the code that governs, like, the security 
and like all the rest of it like that tends to be very well refined bits of code um i'm saying like you can just fucking do tons of line breaks and that could be lines of code um mm-hmm. and I, I did find it was it was interesting that you got was it tesla engineers to review the code of the twitter people and <laughs> it's like it's completely different the, yeah it's just completely different landscape um one thing that i found interesting as well is that like elon has put himself in a really silly position where he's trying to give two different messages to different people like he's on one hand he's got to say to advertisers that all of your content uh, sorry all, all everything on the website is safe you know your brand will be protected um you know people like content will be properly moderated you know don't worry keep on advertising we still want your money while at the same time he's telling all like the right wingers who like are have been desperate to just yell whatever they want on tumblr for ages it's like yeah free speech is back baby you can say the n-word as many times as you like which by the way the fucking usage of the n-word increased by an ungodly percentage but not something like 500 times oh something something absolutely insane like the the amount like it's it's funny because like the amount of the amount of toxic shit i've seen just in passing on twitter since elon musk's takeover i've seen way i've seen some awful shit like proper anti-semitic like holocaust denial like just in passing as well just the like Mm -hmm. the different accounts and stuff that are now basically empowered to say whatever they want um there's there's tons of shit like that now um which is there's a from our side of it a lot of our social activism for the disability community a lot of it is done through twitter unfortunately yeah um and it's no secret that for the entirety of the pandemic we were getting told just kill yourselves you're a burden on society that i one of the main reasons i stopped using twitter as much as it was was because it was like oh it was literally people would just come in and be like are you like there was one guy who used to come to my account constantly he had multiple accounts and he'd go are you dead yet every time i every time i posted what the fuck and (laughs) i reported and reported and reported and i've noticed that nothing is happening to him anymore as yeah. of this week because it used to be when i was like hey this guy is doing the thing pretty much gone within 24 yeah. hours been a full week that guy's still there and i'm like okay um, well, I... this is new this this is not fun um but it just means i will not feel able to post anymore which is what they want they don't want people to post about i mean but... um imani gets worse because Manny's also black but um her notes are just a fiasco yeah. from everyone calling her the n-word to you know all it's just awful it is awful the amount of a lot of you know if you're i am very lucky i'm a white disability advocate <laughs> and i feel threatened to go on twitter right now i cannot imagine what it is like for other minorities to be like no actually i you know i'm getting threatened on like multiple platforms yeah. and you know, multiple different things at this point it is god awful and it is just like nothing is happening and it's been a week yeah. But that's I mean, because they got rid of the people that were doing things. Yeah. I mean, like, the the thing is, is this isn't sustainable at all. Like, no, the, it's going to collapse. Even, even with the $8, <laughs> I've, not, I've not talked about that. 
Um, like the you, uh, I saw the update on my phone. I don't think that I can do it yet, um, but I did see an update that was um, with the guise of enabling me to pay for a verified check mark. Um, so, like I saw in the the change notes on the on mm. the update, and like it's it's not it's not available yet, but you can already mm-hmm. see how that's going to get abused because it turns out you don't need to verify like your identity or whatever. Which I I am not for any sort of ID verification no, on any social media. Whenever someone brings it up, saying that they'll tackle the bots or whatever, is a terrible fucking idea and it impacts way too many people above what the the abuser kind of accounts are you're attacking people who are fleeing domestic violence and all the rest of it people who want to escape family it's just not a good idea ever no um but so obviously they've not been able to do anything like that but they're now pay you can now pay to verify your account and even though your I mean your at is your at and it remains your your at your display name can be whatever the fuck you want it to be which is why so many so many blue ticked people have changed their names to Elon Musk and they're now taking the piss out of it I saw one that was um talking about it's like um I never learned Grimes's name and she like and she she always said that my my dick is small and that smell of natural cheese and it got trending to the point that people were receiving the notification on their phones that said, Elon Musk, Grimes says I smell my dick small and I smell like natural cheese. Because it shows the display name, it doesn't show the app. Yes. So, that, that's pretty funny, actually. That's, um, I, but, like, yeah. is, is that not just, like, a guy who thinks he knew... Like, just because he was popular on Twitter, he thought he knew how to run Twitter... And it's now just a catastrophe. Um, I mean, he he didn't think he knew how to run it. He just thought he could do it better than the people already there. Because so I have multiple issues with Elon Musk and people who think he's a genius. He's fucking not. You know, people are like, oh well, he helped found PayPal. He didn't do anything that made PayPal PayPal. He was the 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 hedge fund kid that provided finances. Yeah. And then when he started bringing ideas to board meetings and started demanding things, they kicked him out. Yeah. He did not help found PayPal in any sense of the technicality. Similar with he Tesla. Gave them money. Like he 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 bought the founder label off of Tesla's yeah. original founders. He's not an actual founder. He's he's down as a founder because he paid for the title. Because he paid for um, it. And that money came from the slave trade. It, it came from emerald mines. It came yeah. from exploitation, which is very apt for Elon Musk because all he does is exploit the platforms he is on. Um, to be honest, it, it was. It's, yeah. I remember when uh, I remember when Trump was president, and he had a proper good dig at Elon for it was probably the one like really comical thing that uh, Trump did. But he said that like Elon Musk came to him basically begging for government money, and <laughs> Trump said that he could have he could have told Elon to like get on his knees and beg, and he would have done it. I remember I remember him tweeting that and. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there you go, Joy. There's a mental image: Elon Musk begging Trump for money. I hope you uh... water in my mouth <laughs> almost died. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like that's that's the sort of like 
people people don't understand like the amount of government money that has went into like all of the R and D for things like Tesla, for things mm-hmm. like the fucking boring company and the Hyperloop and all that shit, and then also for SpaceX, like all of that has been massively government funded. Um, mm-hmm. including the stuff for Starlink and all the rest of it it's like all of it is kind of you know it's it's not it's not one man and all of his finance championing all of these different things no. it's been massive influx of of government money basically public money um for whatever on and d kind of things he's been after um one thing that actually does annoy me and i like I, I don't want this to be an elon musk episode i want this to be like a kind of more twitter one but the thing about the hyperloop really fucking annoys me because it was so obviously like a plan to just get rid of the conversation about high-speed rail in the u.s Mm. america america would be fucking amazing with high-speed rail see 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 as someone who would like to visit america it would be fucking incredible to do a high-speed rail tour of the u.s imagine all the stuff you could visit like it, it would open up so much accessibility to people. It would decrease mm. pollution. It would be so useful to have this. And it's just the fact that it's better for me to take a flight to go see someone an hour away is catastrophic. Yeah. That is just so bad. It's like, it, it just completely it annoys me so much. It's really one of those things I'm going, well, right, well, I, I, you know, I can fly somewhere, but as a disabled person, flying is fraught for me. You know, like I I have a condition that makes going up into the air really bad for my heart and everything else. And even if, you know, with your wheelchair, you lose access to all your accessibility stuff because you can't fit it on a plane. If you had a high speed train that was built with accessibility in mind, which again, you probably have to. (laughs) That's another thing. (laughs) That's what you'd have to emphasize that. But it would mean you could retain your autonomy Mm. more than you can with flying. And I would love that. I would love to be able to go places like we. you know, of all places, my health improves when I'm in Florida. Don't ask me why. Um, and the last time I was in Florida, my health was great. I'm going, it would be fantastic to like just go down to Florida. But it involves a five-hour flight, which makes me incredibly ill. Mm. And I'm like, if I could take a train that would do it in like eight hours or however long it would take, I would do it. I would yeah. be there constantly. Just I'd be at the seaside for my health like a Victorian lady. <laughs> um, but it's... You know, but even then, like you could just you could have people that could work easier. You could have people that aren't having to fly everywhere for work, or they're not yeah. having to drive everywhere for work. It would be so good for the infrastructure in the U.S. But they're not going to do it because oil owns everything here. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like as into I'm like to be honest, we can link it back to flying. But like I saw that a uh, one of the biggest things when people with wheelchairs fly is the amount of well, the lack of care given to the wheelchairs when oh, they they're actually being loaded, they get fucking yeah. chucked onto the plane and there's always damage and then it's like, you know, chasing up a fucking airline for ages and, and all the rest and of it's it. Dam- it's damage to equipment that our insurance does not cover. Yeah. It's not like in... Well, I say that. In the UK, you get the bog standard NHS kind of wheel set, wheelchair stuff. If you're lucky, you can get some advanced stuff. Most of the time, you pay for it yourself. Here yep. in the US, you pay for everything yourself to do with that. I had to buy my own crutches recently because um, it's not included on my insurance. Um, I hate America. <laughs> it's, what, yeah. the <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? 
But it's things like, you know, when they just chuck your wheelchair in, you know, especially you're taking, you're not just taking away, you know, it's not like you lose your luggage, which is frustrating. You are losing your legs. Yeah. You are losing your autonomy. You're losing the ability to, I mean, there was one person who unfortunately died because she lost access to her wheelchair that was customized to her because the the, sta- the bog standard one she could afford caused her spinal compression to get worse and it caused other issues and it, she unfortunately mm. ended up taking her own life and that's the kind of thing that you, 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 you people don't think about it they think of it as oh it's just an accessory it's someone's livelihood it's their ability to be themselves and yeah. they just you know they treat it as if it's a suitcase they just in, and then yeah. they don't care if it's broken and then every day on Twitter, I see, on disabled Twitter, I see somebody saying, oh, the United Airlines broke my chair. Delta broke my chair. You know, it, and it's horrifying. I mean, with, there was one time I flew with my brother and we were going from Florida to New York and they just lost his wheelchair. We never found that. We never found his wheelchair. Mm. And it was we asked, we asked for compensation and we got a voucher for $100 to go towards another flight. That's what we got. Um, and you think to yourself, how did they get away with this? And it's again, it's because a lot of disability stuff is not enshrined in law. And it needs to be, um, and that's a huge part of it as well. And it's just the the um, it it's so built in to keep capitalism to to be the focus of things because again, things like a speed rail would open up too much for lower class people. Yeah, they like social mobility and like fucking mobility. It yeah, would, basically uh, mobility. Would be way too know. advanced. Um, no, I mean, like it's interesting you mentioned United Airlines there because like there is actually United Airlines have pulled all of their advertising from Twitter now. Um, and there's didn't you tell you told me Coca Cola was pulling Co- out. Coca Cola's pulled out as well. How Coca- fucking evil do you need <laughs> to be that Coca Cola's going? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm sorry, but Coca Cola fucking advertises everywhere, everywhere. I cannot believe Twitter's gotten to the point. I mean, this this is the problem now. Is like trying to justify yourself to your advertisers, who are the mm-hmm. the ones that were bringing in the big bucks. Because I mean. I think even I think people did calculations that the number of verified users on Twitter is actually really fucking low. To it the is. to the point where even if you were charging them all twenty dollars a month, like it's not gonna make a fucking dent in the amount of like money and loan money that's been taken to fucking pay for Twitter's purchase in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think even like even if punters like me decided to, for whatever reason, like, and and this is the thing, at the moment I pay seven pound ninety nine or something like that a month to get access to Xbox Game Pass, right? Mm-hmm. And that gives me access to all of the Xbox library as well as a bunch of games that are kind of independently developed and all the rest of it. I that's more valuable to me than Twitter will ever be. If if I get charged for Twitter and it, you know it becomes a mandatory thing, I, I've I've got Tumblr, thanks. I'm not fucking I'm I'm not gonna throw myself on the sword for I've got energy bills to pay instead. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't give a fuck about Twitter. Like Twitter could die on its arse tomorrow, right? 
and I would I would maybe miss some of my pals on it, but like I I've got pals elsewhere. You find if the people you really want to keep in touch with, you find ways to keep in touch with that with them. And I say that as someone who's been online chronically online since the live journal days when we lost everything in the purges. Yeah. Um and it was you you find ways to keep track of people. There are some people that you will lose because they just lose interest and that's fair. But um it's just that kind of it's an added layer. It's an it's an added, you know, hindrance to having contact with people in this day and age when everything's done through social media. Like I have a friend who I purely keep up with how her, her kids are doing through Instagram and Facebook and I'm yeah. like this is awful this is but that's <laughs> yeah, the main way they've, they, they've chosen to communicate with people they won't text mm. you but they will post on Facebook and I'm going I had I, I was locked out of my Facebook account for a year and a half I couldn't I could not get them to unleash my password because I refused to um, give them my identity basically um, yeah. and it's like well you're missing out on so much stuff because you're not on social media and I'm like I am on social media I'm just not on social media with my birth name <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I don't like that like I don't want that to be a thing um, and it's the holy mo- what is she doing anyway, you know, what um, happened to Bebo remember Bebo oh, do you remember Bebo I I'm think not, a lot of I'm... the US people are going to go what the fuck is Bebo Bebo was British oh was Facebook. it was I think it? it was, yeah. I thought it was an American thing. Or was I it was it, it was the British because I I um there was um sorry, there's chaos going on behind me. <laughs> um the 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 Bebo one I remember because I had a lot of US friends didn't have access to Bebo and I didn't have access to Facebook until Facebook went public. because ah. uh, Facebook used to be you needed a university uh, um Yeah, because that it was originally Harvard kind of thing wasn't it like yeah to, yeah 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 um, my Bebo, my, my my professors followed me on Bebo, which is a whole oh, thing that you'd never do today did, like your, did, it would be did so they, inappropriate did, did they send you love remember they you could say oh there was one of them that used to like my like love my posts and stuff like that oh. and it was so weird but we were like okay this is cool like because you know whatever you're all adults but um, <laughs> it was it was still like a real like oh this is a this is how this kind of power this is somebody's bad erotica this is how this starts yeah but um, so here's but yeah, I'll was... I'll I'll take that to the next level do you remember the precursor to Bebo it was called Pixel I think so I don't think it I was, had an account though. It, it was it was it was one of those things that was like HTML. Like it was very HTML. Like you can make an infinite number of fucking pages. Everyone had a home page, and then people would have like a list of other pages. And it was it was very like HTML based. But then yeah. you could like drag it, it and drop. It sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. Um, it's yeah. very. It was that. It was that was like very pre 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 Bebo. Kind of um, like yeah, like like Alice was saying, like GeoCities. I'm old enough that I had GeoCities, um, and I I gave people war flashbacks last week when I brought <laughs> Elfwood. People were just oh. freaking out when I brought that up. Um, Elfwood was what um, Elfwood was uh, an art site before DeviantArt existed, mm. and you had you it was mo- heavily moderated, and it was oh the art had to be a certain label to get in, and then they opened right. it up, and it was just chaos. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the 
that was my I, my origins were the the elf wood and also elf town elf pa- they, they, they had like their own community in elf town you had to write your own wiki pages because oh. they didn't use just html you had to use wiki <laughs> to do it this is what we what want we want using like this is what social media should be we're gonna devolve it right we're just gonna like <laughs> we're gonna like the devolution of social media now we, we we got all the way up to like really easy to use like user interfaces good ux all that jazz yeah. it is now time to like we need to go back to like Bebo and GeoCities and all the rest. I like, would love I miss Geo I'm so old. I miss GeoCities. I really do. It was so fun. You had all your own stuff <laughs> and it's like you know um Here's the thing. Do you remember yeah. think.com? I do. <laughs> like I remember that was a thing in a it was like primary school. It was like fucking like baby's first social media yeah and it was like they but it was all self-contained so it was only your own class um yeah and i i just remember it was like primary six or something and one of the guys in my class got got banned because he he just started posting porn like eight, like like oh the, the, I'm talking about like <laughs> the super like low res like porn gifts from like early 2000s the, the dial-up ones like that oh yeah like the, like the, the <laughs> like like the like the sexy girl dancing on a like in gif format that you would have on your your phone um you know like your really shitty phone not your touchscreen phone <laughs> as keith's saying in chat they were, they, they were only they were only one one kilobyte <laughs> kilobyte in total yeah just like pixelated uh pixelated boobs um but yeah like he for I, I don't know what prompted he said he said he was hacked was he fuck it was like he just decided to carpet his whole fucking page in it um and then a, a teacher stumbled upon it who was looking at all of the different ones um and that was uh yeah that was the end to his social media quest um delicious pirate gods comment nutting to pixels is really just something that i never wanted to see but thank you very much for that <laughs> vital contribution Palmer, hey what is hey wrong we've all done it everything's pixelated it depends how big the pixel is That's uh, true. but uh yeah the i it was it was a it was a time so what we're really saying is that twitter need like thing is elon musk's went and fired like the all of the teams that are keeping the very like really important bits of twitter up and running um and they're gonna crash and burn in like a couple of weeks time and yeah i don't be... think it's gonna be a couple of weeks i, I I'm <laughs> literally it's just, just stick a timer on so rapidly <laughs> it's uh yeah it's not going too well for them and i like the like the thing is you can't have you can't have a mainstream social media site that operates like 4chan right no like you you can't like ad- advertisers you know like you're fucking doesn't matter if it's you know luxury fashion or coca-cola or whatever it is they're not going to share a site that's predominantly like people chucking around the n-word you know it's not no. it's just it's it's not going to happen from a brand perspective um they'll all just move elsewhere but uh, the thing that we were talking about before this kind of stream began is like for publishing um oh like, it's panic it is, yeah 
Sorry, the mop has the zoomies and she's all over the place. <laughs> um, you just see her going in the background. Mainstream publishing is panicking because they have made their entire platform is basically on Twitter. And it is the the widespread, you know, if you wanted to find a literary agent, people would say, oh, just go to Twitter. Yeah. If you wanted to try and get a publishing deal, go to Twitter. And it's like, okay, so what's mainstream publishing going to do? Fucking Tumblr? Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> make it so. <laughs> you will you sit on them. top your throne of skulls, Joy. <laughs> This is what we want. want them here. <laughs> there's a very different vibe, you know. There's a very different vibe between Facebook authors and Tumblr authors. Um, yeah, we're frankly federal in comparison, and I don't want those people on my platform. But I mean, like, I like being separate <laughs> from them because it means I don't have to censor. Because they they'll start demanding censorship for certain things if they that is what they're gonna do because they're so used to having everything perfectly curated. Yeah, the advertisers, and it's like you're. That's what it is. Twitter is very good for advertisers, or it was, which makes it very good for marketing books too, because you can say, well, this person said this word, therefore they're banned. You but, do that on Tumblr and it's um, it's not going to work unless they massively alter how the platform functions. I mean, the, um, the problem with, like, I mean, if you think about all the, all the things we've talked about in previous podcasts regarding publishing and how, you know, mainstream publishers have been... Uh, requesting oh do you have an existing following on twitter um mm-hmm. you know it, like i imagine all of the checks that um that these publishing houses would do on an individual who's submitting a, a book to them it's yeah. like like oh well okay if you're verified on twitter well that means fuck all anymore because anyone can pay eight dollars a month and get verified so that's that out the window um yeah. and like i mean Again, who wants to? Uh, well, I'm not popular on a uh, on Twitter. Oh well, why why not? Well, have you seen the fucking state of it? It's a bonfire. Um, I don't. It's I don't. Also, it's like I don't need to prove myself to you, publishing house, because yeah. you know what? Are you going to request my Twitter metrics? It's a shit show. Um, because, but some of them do. Like, there's literally I get messages weekly from young authors going, I'm trying to build up a similar platform to what you have. How did you do it? And I'm like, it took me decades <laughs> yeah. to do this. I am not new to having audiences online. I have been doing this since I was 15 years old. And the fact that they're going, oh, well, just have a big, uh, just build up a social media platform. What they want is for you to have the money to buy that platform. Yeah. And the fact, you know, that's not fair. That rigs and already, the system's already rigged. But they, they're going for people that can afford to do that. And yeah. it's really quite disheartening to see how many people are going. They're reaching out to me and saying, oh, the publisher says unless I maintain a following on Twitter of over 10K, my next royalty will be worth less because I'm not pulling in the numbers I should be. And it's like, it's almost like publishers should be doing marketing themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's almost like that should be a thing. But, you know, fuck us, I guess. The- like um, I mean, the thing is, right, and like we're we're seeing, um, some people are saying in chats, like you know, celebrities are trying to make the move to, um, to Tumblr at the moment. You've got people who are making new Tumblr accounts, and there are some celebrities who would get away with it, right? Like Neil Gaiman, uh, he's he's cool or Gaiman. I'm sorry, I always say Gaiman. Gaiman. He, you know, Neil Gaiman, he's fair, he exists people, already. People <laughs> keep saying. Neil Gaiman's the only one that fits in with Tumblr. 
It is the other way around. Tumblr fits around Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman's always been fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's the granddaddy of the people that built Tumblr the way that it is. That that's he's part of that weird vibe that's always existed. It's not that we've accepted him, it's that we're allowed to exist in his natural ecosystem. <laughs> someone um, Yeah, well so people are also saying Will Wheaton in chat. Someone mentioned to like someone sent me an ask saying um, Will Wheaton was looking for like a Scottish voice actor and was like saying that like I should reach out to Will Wheaton on Tumblr and I was like oh I I'm just gonna fucking DM him right <laughs> but like you can though I, I can but then I got I got like the angriest anon uh, about oh, Wh- yeah. about about Will Wheaton and I was like I I I don't know much about him um, there are some people that really hate Will Wheaton and okay. I I don't know why I I know it's because I there was some drama that I knew where he was not attributing popular posts to people on Tumblr, and it was like, oh, this is content theft. And it's like, (laughs) I mean, you know, yes. But at the same time, who's not reblogging funny tweets that have been posted? And, like, it's, it's a weird... I sorry, don't know. Sorry, Gillian Anderson's been on Tumblr. I think if she followed yes, me, yeah, if she followed has. me on Tumblr, I'd probably burst into flames. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like the thing is, though, is that you know, there's there's going to be tons of celebrities who won't be able to make that jump. And to be honest, I think it would be one they're not going to get the verification process, which I think quite a lot of them feed off of on Twitter, which is why a lot of them are annoyed that like the verification's coming in. Uh, on on Twitter, like everyone can pay for a blue tick, but like imagine imagine I make a fucking shit post on Tumblr, and then suddenly you've got like I don't know Ryan Reynolds uh, retweeting. Tumblr's it. down. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> it's down. Ah, uh, it's up for me. I've just, oh no, it's down. It's down. <laughs> it's down. We think oh fuck. <laughs> What do we do? There's, Panic. You, you know, you know what's happened. You know, ha- like some someone somewhere, a blue tick on Twitter has said, "I'm moving to Tumblr," and has managed to pull fucking everyone with them. This will be this will be a nightmare. I, I'm I'm saying it now. If if we allow, <laughs> hold <laughs> hold the line, people. If a certain number of like people are able to influence the way that tumblr works if they join and they fit in with tumblr it'll be better it's funny though because the um the current ceo of tumblr is actually i don't know if anyone's following him i can't remember the, the handle. it's back up but all he, good <laughs> is, is it back he's yeah. actually quite funny because he actually did a breakdown on why we can't have 20 2008 pornography on 2020 tumblr and he was actually really funny and one of the someone's like, oh, well, if we earn enough money, if we if 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 Tumblr earns enough money, can we have the tits back? And he just replied, yes, because he's like, if we can be financially stable enough, I will bring it back. Yes, I will do it. And I don't think he's very interested in a lot of the the kind of the blue tick and the censorship and everything else, because I've I've, I've scrolled through his feed and it's just him making fun of like verified people. Just like absolutely, like this is bullshit. Like this is, I'm not feeding your fucking ego. Come to Tumblr. Come to Tumblr and die. Like it's just like, um. But it's, I I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like at 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 the moment, Tumblr is like Tumblr's verified. I'm not sure if they were verified before, but Tumblr's got a blue tick on Twitter at the moment. And all and and all they're doing is posting reasons to join Tumblr. (laughs) <laughs> reasons to join Tumblr number nine is we have crabs. 
Reasons to join Tumblr number two is Neil, Neil Gaiman hangs out and he'll show up unexpectedly. Um, Neil Gaiman just starts shit posting at three in the morning because you know he's avoiding a, a novel deadline. <laughs> Re- <laughs> like, like all good authors should. Reasons to join Tumblr number five is ridiculously huge character limit. Host your whole fic. <laughs> uh, we- you know what? Props to the people that got hired to Tumblr recently because they've done a cracking the, job. They've done a good job. I'm I'm keen to get rid of the Tumblr iOS logo though. They need to stop changing it randomly. They should just stick to it once. I, the, quite, I like the spooky boy that we've got right now. I would like to see him wearing a Santa hat. I, I'd, I'd, I'd be fine with it in app. I just don't like the iOS logo changing like on it because yeah, like I'm used to the I'm used to the dark and then the the nice tea um, and then. It's it's just yeah, I don't know. Uh, reasons to join Tumblr four is gifts. Then <laughs> we know color theory. <laughs> uh, you oh reasons to join Tumblr number seven. You, you control c- your feet. feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to see algorithmic recommendations, just turn them off. Based. Yeah. To be honest, like, is is funny how, like. <laughs> they're a verified account i'm not sure if they've like deliberately done i'm not sure if they've paid for that um, they could have done which would be absolutely hilarious but if they, did. They, they, they might have actually uh but yeah it's uh it's interesting seeing the number of people it's like I'd, the one thing is like people who are saying oh i've logged on to tumblr after like 10 years away it's like mm. welcome back cheater <laughs> <laughs> yeah. welcome home <laughs> Um, Tumblr, <laughs> Tumblr better start buying bird cages because you're going to have a whole zoo in your house <laughs> but yeah the um, uh, sorry the, that, the one that I did see that I thought was really funny is uh, Tumblr tweeted yesterday saying get in loser we're going to super hell <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's nice to have them kind of like kind of self aware um Oh my! <laughs> Do you want to hear something funny? Go for it's it. J- just been confirmed an hour ago. Uh, Twitter is now asking some fired workers to please come back, saying that some were laid off by mistakes, some were let go before management realised that experience is needed to build the new features that Elon Musk is planning. <laughs> See if I imagine getting that fucking email. Imagine being like, oh, sorry, it was a mistake. Please come back. you tell me fuck off. You would. Like, or, it's also, or if I've not, it would be offered, you're doubling my salary. Like, I've just been offered to have a blue tick for $4.99 a month. Woo-hoo! Yes. Ver- or we should verify the eye sphere. This is we how should. this is how <laughs> we'll, we'll add it to our expenses. And this is a hundred percent what we should do. This is like Oh, we've always been this popular. We've with always our, been this popular. No, I'm, I'm our, staring at it. It literally it popped up in my thing. I can subscribe for four ninety nine a month, um, to be verified on <laughs> Twitter. Nice. Um, it's not even eight ninety nine. It's four ninety nine, which is was, the cost of sending someone crabs on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the crabs are more worth it. They are. <laughs> Which, by the way, like, so yeah, our, our iSphere Twitter account with all 22 of its followers could 
could be verified. We could go, we could go global. Think of it. We could, we could. Thank you um, to Keith who just followed us on Twitter and made it twenty three. <laughs> Get in. We're gonna, yeah, that's it. We're gonna grow the, we're gonna grow the ice sphere specifically on through on, the uh, downfall of Twitter. <laughs> through the down, yeah, exactly. It's like Twitter will be ashes and we will be standing above it all, above we'll it have, all. <laughs> like like a, a phoenix. Of skulls. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's wild. Um, I think, uh, like, to be honest, there's there's so many things that um, are underpinned by Twitter, though, that I feel like, like, Elon Elon's view of how to, like, monetize Twitter and how to make Twitter what he would like it to be um, doesn't really stand, like, doesn't stand up. There's communities of people there. And, like, Twitter's strength was always its user base. But yes. per, but particularly, it was like the social media of choice for a vast majority of journalists and the vast majority of like world politicians. Like you've seen, Ukraine and Russia have been having fucking Twitter spats. Like the defense accounts have been tweeting mm-hmm. each other over the course of the past like nine months. Like that's the level of how how globally twitter kind of sits um to try and turn it into a pay as you go free for all i mean there was a there was a video released saying it was an interview with elon musk and he was saying that the plan is that anyone who doesn't pay to be a verified account will essentially be shadow banned like they will be heavily suppressed um in regards to how much you can actually use and tweet and how likely you are to, um, like, you know, actually be shown, uh, you know, like if you tweet, it'll actually be at the bottom of the pile because everyone who has a verified accounts tweets will be first, that kind of thing. That's just not fucking sustainable at all. Like people, like people will leave before they, I mean, Unless you've got people who are really, really addicted to Twitter, which I don't know. I mean, there are some people that are. Um, yeah. Apologies to anyone who got an earful of Holly Mop chewing. She was trying to eat the mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are some people that are just like Twitter's their whole life. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I feel like it's going to be really easy. I mean, I'm just thinking. So let's for like both me and you could verify ourselves on Twitter, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like it would be really easy to, like, paint ourselves as people who are deserving of a verified check. Now, to be fair, you're a lot more deserving of a verified check than I am. <laughs> you've you've published stuff. So, like, that, I'd say that you're, you are deserving of that. But, like, I feel like I, I could probably wordsmith a way of making it sound like I'm a legit person who should be verified even if really I'm not and I imagine how many other people are going to be doing that so it would be quite easy for uh let's pick a transphobe out of the dozens that we've got well just pick fucking random transphobe mm-hmm. could easily say that they've created an organization that they are a founder of 
and it could be an organization of one that they're now a verified person you know like it gives like this really fake legitimacy it, it does and it, it's a thing that bothers me about a lot of these platforms like there's literally um a lot of people that become best-selling authors on instagram they're people that are able to buy massive followings yeah and they get the one hit wonder but the book's actually garbage and the reviews tank it but they maintain the fame because they've got trending numbers yeah and that's that's kind of the thing that like um there was there's a there's a someone I, someone we know um who she has like a hundred thousand people on Instagram. They're all bought. Yeah. <laughs> She's a very generic, very pretty, very lovely young lady. But um her feed is just you can just buy followers. You can buy followers for Twitter. You can't do that for Tumblr. Um I mean, I suppose you could try, but like it, it's so <sighs> surreal that they, they you know, they, they immediately slap things on. Like there was um so a big reason a lot of authors get to call themselves New York Times bestsellers isn't because they have had they individually have had a New York Times bestseller. It's because they've been part of an anthology with a pre existing New York Times bestseller who guaranteed that the book made it onto the list. So if you've ever wondered how the fuck somebody you've never heard of is a New York Times bestseller, it's possibly that they either their publisher um, is one of the sponsors for the New York Times bestseller and that's how their book automatically made it on the list, or they were part of an anthology with a pre-existing New York Times bestseller who guaranteed their placement on the editorial. And right. it's a popularity contest. And Twitter and Instagram and TikTok as well to some extent enable that because they're able to turn around and say well i you know i have the numbers for this and a lot of these places are going you know we were talking about you know like oh is the publisher going to look at your twitter metric they do yeah and, I mean, but who's to say those numbers are real who's to say they're people that click you know it's if it's a you know a, like one of the funniest things for me was um fangs became a bestseller before i even launched it because i was doing an anthology and people noticed my author page was live and they <laughs> bought so much of it my account got flagged as a bot because they thought it was bot it wasn't it was tumblr it was the click through from tumblr because <laughs> um, i have the 70, people on tumblr who are they will click things if i post them which a lot of people do not have even when they have like oh i've got two hundred thousand followers how many of them click things how many of them actually buy things how many of them commit through or does it just numbers to make you look good I think that that does like seem the thing. I think, you know, how like we we've talked about this before. Like you always go through your like Tumblr followers and you can clean up. And like it yeah. actually it 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 is it's time consuming, but the reason why like you know I can joke about like the number of Tumblr followers I have is because like I know that I've vetted like there's yeah. like, the amount of like porn accounts that actually do try and follow you that you then end up like stamping out. Um you know it's actually you've curated this list that I'd probably have double or triple the followers that I have now if I hadn't been fucking deleting porn accounts left out I, and sent I go you know? through once a week, every Friday morning I go through and I I know exactly how many people are real followers, or I used to. Yeah. It's kind of hard now because you have all these people with blank accounts and you're going, are you real or are you just new? Yeah. Um, 
So I've been giving them a bit more leeway with some of them. But there's always the obvious ones that are like, oh, stolen porn pics. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I the, I have a lot of um, sex workers with me. I have a lot of porn accounts with me. Great, fine, fantastic. You can you wrong. can you can tell a mile off what's a it's like a sex workers account and what's a yes, yes. spammy bot porn. And it's always yeah. like it's always the ones that's like it, you know it's it, it's hot young singles near you. It's like that level yeah, of obvious, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's uh, um. I mean, I have a lot of people that just reblog porn gifts, and that's fine. I don't, I don't care about that either. But um, you can tell when it's like the this is a bot pushing these things versus yeah. a person pushing these things. And if it's a obviously a bot, I purge them. I purge about maybe three hundred people a week from the list. Um, yeah. it's, and that's, it's... How I, that's how I know I have seventy thousand people that follow me in earnest because I about every week there's about three hundred people get axed. Yeah, I mean, it's like um, Keith, Keith's Keith's saying in chat is like you know you like a porn bot is someone who's like Anna three fifty. If 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 an account called like Monster Cockfucker three thousand yeah. follows you, that's a real person. That's a real person who you probably don't want to open their account in public. <laughs> um, um, or it's the mildest stuff ever. I I remember back in the day. I, I forget the exact username, but it was something like <laughs> Choke Me Daddy 69 and you clicked on it and it was just pictures of flowers and I was like, cool. Um oh. <laughs> but it you know, uh it's the Tumblr's a very different ecosystem to a lot of social media. It is very, very different. And people trying to put Twitter expectations onto Tumblr, it's not gonna work. Yeah. And I, mean... I don't want it to work because I don't wanna have to go with you know, I said it before, there's a very different kind of Facebook author versus Tumblr author. Um, I don't want to have to conform to what Facebook and Twitter authors do because I don't want to be I don't want to be consumable by mainstream media because mainstream media is the the regulations and expectations are there that I don't want to conform to. It would be yeah. fantastic if my work appealed to the mainstream, but it's never going to. To be honest, it's why like I I, I I think I, I'm just comfortable with posting more shit on Tumblr because I know that I don't know there there is just this weird expectation of what like a like I don't know I feel like from a maybe from a Scottish political perspective because of the folk that follow me on that there's like stuff that I can post on Tumblr that maybe wouldn't like they would never get out of a very very small bubble on Twitter. Whereas, yeah. like, like I see some of the, some of the like the really viral tweets I see on Twitter, like, I feel like they would either die on their arse on Tumblr or they're succeeding because it's a Tumblr type post. There's or no in between. It's a, it's a Tumblr post that's been transplanted to Twitter. Yeah, because that's a big thing as well. I've seen so many Tumblr posts that didn't all of a sudden they're just being quoted on Twitter and Instagram as if it's like a, an original thought that happened over there, and it's like. You didn't invent blorbos. We invented blorbos. Give us, you know, and take, you know, um, which if anyone's listening is like, what the fuck is a blorbo? Blorbo just means the little guy in your show that you love, a blorbo. Um, mm. And I've seen it become a mainstream thing, and it's like, oh, well, this is cringe. And it's like, of course it's fucking cringe. What? It's it's not supposed to be cool. Like, why? You know, it, it's a really weird kind of thing. Like, it's like, oh, they try to make it's, they try to mainstream things. It's like it's not going to happen 
Like, it's so surreal to me when people are like, oh, this is so cringe on Tumblr. And I'm like, you're on Tumblr. Yeah. Of course it's cringe. <laughs> 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 I've, sorry, I've just I've just looked at another Twitter thread here, and it's everyone moving to Tumblr from Twitter. Please, for the love of God, read this. And it's it's advice on new Twitter users moving to Tumblr. And I I was really hoping that the like the first one would just be like, please, for the love of God, don't. But no, the like they're giving like serious advice to people who are moving to to Tumblr. And I kind of like. They don't deserve the advice. They need to go through the gauntlet of learning. This is how <laughs> I've I was crafted into a Tumblr user over many a many a year of yes. making dumbass mistakes. <laughs> don't don't I, give them the cheat sheet. That's no, that's not how it works. <laughs> the the official uh, Twitter Tumblr on Twitter just released reason number um, ten to join Tumblr. We have an edit button and it's free. Uh, <laughs> Reason number 11. Do you love inside jokes? Would you like to be part of one someday? Well, hop on your plinko horse, grab your blorbos, little meow meows, and glub shitsos, because we're on our way to steal some shoelaces from the president in super hell. That is completely uh, incomprehensible to anyone outside Twitter, <laughs> and I love it. It sounds that, like you're having a fucking stroke. It's uh, amazing. I think I had a stroke <laughs> just listening to it. But, like, I mean, like, this is the thing. So you, you've got You've got a, you've got people on Twitter talking about where to go, where like where to where to move to. And you've got a bunch of people going, oh, I'm making a a Mastodon account, which having ha, having had a little look at Mastodon, it it looks like a fucking bin fire. Honestly, it's like it's not like the user experience and onboarding of Mastodon is. It's like the old IR. You know, I'm showing my HR the old IRC chat groups, but not as intuitive. Um, and it, it's you know, pick a server. I don't know what fucking server to pick because can you talk to people outside that server? Are you are you trapped in that server? Like it's not intuitive at all. Yeah, it is that's... awful. Um, and it's, I just I I people keep telling me, oh, you have to migrate, you have to save your data and go to Macedon. I would rather just let my Twitter die because I don't want to deal with that. Um, uh, it's... Yeah. Macedon had a brief moment in 2018 when they banned Tiddy on Tumblr. I made an account there and it was like, nah, I'll suffer over here. <laughs> That's pretty much the vibe, yeah. And yeah. now titties are back on Tumblr, so long as they are artistic. Just put a black <laughs> and white filter on it and your tits are good. Fantastic. Good, good things come to those who wait. <laughs> yes. I mean, to be honest, like, so long as they're artistic, surely, t I mean, you could let my, my nudes are fucking art, you know? Like, anyone could yeah. pass that off. I mean, they were fucking, did you see the, the Blaze post the other day that was just basically someone's nudes? hats off to them it like fair fucks to be honest i was like i would rather see that than, than, than the weird christian post i've been getting i would rather just see <laughs> someone's tits um but yeah. i was looking at them going somebody at tumblr approved that they went yeah that's got artistic merit and hit <laughs> <laughs> okay and i was like yeah you can you can tell though that like i feel tumblr staff are like way more into like the the like the site-wide in jokes like I kind of yes. like, like obviously you get cringe posts like the in joke one that they've just done on Twitter, but like I feel like they have a better grasp of like what the community kind of expects. Um, and sorry, there's just another. I'm I'm already seeing screenshots of people who have purchased Twitter Blue, 
who are now angry because even though they've paid, the blue check mark hasn't appeared on their profiles. <laughs> so, so they're they're taking people's money and not giving them the blue check mark. Fantastic! <laughs> Amazing. We have oh that like that's just incredible. Um, Apologies if you can hear Holly Mock crying. By the way, I don't know what's wrong with her. She just, I think she wants. I mean, to one one thing I'll commend your Blue Yeti microphone for is that I can't hear Holly Mop at you all. You can't hear her. No, nah. she is crying. She's just sitting on the floor, crying oh. on her backside. Hi, what do you so, want? I'm gonna post the link to Twitter again so people can join us for the downfall. We might even tweet Yay. occasionally. We, we might. Yeah. We, we, we only really announce stuff from the, the Tumblr and the Twitter, which is, Have to be honest, how to it's say. intended. Um, but Have yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how like Elon gets around this. Because like, how he's, he's paid for it. I'm, I, I can't, can't say with 100% certainty, but I, I heard that he basically used some of his tesla stock as collateral for mm -hmm. buying twitter so if twitter dies on his arse could he potentially lose his stake in that that, that was my understanding tesla because mm -hmm. that would be fucking hilarious i it's literally like, when when this happened so when this was all happening mothman had a laughing fit for about 10 minutes he's going he's fucked his tesla Stuff because yeah. if this crashes and burns, it will take his Tesla stuff with it. Holy! To be honest, Elon, like the sad thing is, Elon is the sort of guy that could probably open up a Patreon account and he'd have all of his fanboys giving him five dollars a month, like easily. I would walk into the ocean if that happened. I would just disconnect but, and go. Yeah, you, you can tell. So you can angry. tell that he, you can tell that he could though, right? Like, I mean, he could. And. To be honest, I think that's something that's really, really impacted the way that Twitter's seen by advertisers and stuff. It's like, it's now just, you've got like Elon fanboys who are like atting people who are just voicing, you know, casual dislike for some of the changes coming in. Um, people who are saying, oh, it's quite sad to see the number of people who've been sacked from Twitter are getting like hounded in their fucking, like, notes yeah. or mentions or whatever I, I feel like we're, we're confusing Twitter and Tumblr terminology now all social media have all become one at one point um, but you're getting people like absolutely like hounding like individuals for is like just stuff like you've got the it was like the human rights team and people are like oh why does Twitter need a human rights team it's like what it, it's paid attention it's, you would know why but it's like it's the largest fucking global social media like it's probably got the most number of users i'm not sure about the comparison of facebook and twitter users i would say there's more twitter users right i don't know mm -hmm. that's a good point actually i mean I, th I think there would be but i think facebook is i mean facebook's having its own problems um, yeah, I, I don't mean, know if anyone was aware of the massive glitch that happened on Instagram last week where they literally purged like a million people at random and it was just a glitch. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Like, just... <laughs> it's it's kind of shit, but it's also just like, whoops, computer, computer fucked up. <laughs> Say goodbye to like all of the accounts that are like, I don't know, 
people using it instead of like for a baby's photo album like yeah. that kind of shit like it's a very tumblr glitch <laughs> It is. It, it's, it's, it's this very spaghetti code thing when people are like, oh, I got shadow banned on Tumblr. Like, bestie, there's no shadow ban. It's literally just, it doesn't work. I mean, the, <laughs> like, the, the interesting thing, um, and, and to be honest, there's an article that I have saved because it's, it's really quite interesting. But um, the, see, the, the Facebook engineers have no fucking idea where any of the data is on the website at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find it because it's really so so I'm gonna I'll I'll read it out. So Facebook engineers, this is the September the seventh, twenty twenty two. This was published. We have no idea where we keep all of your personal data. In March, two veteran Facebook engineers found themselves grilled about the company's sprawling data collection operations and a hearing for the ongoing lawsuit over the mishandling of private user information stemming from the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Yes, that is still going on. The hearing, a transcript of which was recently un- unsealed, was aimed at resolving one crucial issue. What information precisely does Facebook store about us and where is it? And the engineer's response will come as little relief to those concerned with the company's steward- stewardship of billions of digitised lives. They don't know. Like the, like the main quote from it, um, it is rare for there to exist artifacts and diagrams on how those systems are then used and what data actually flows through them. And this is like the thing that I'm going to go on like a proper like tech rant now. But like for those of you who are all, at all techie, like literally everything in the past 30 years has been built on what they call plug and play technology. So like People like your kind of Microsofts and your Oracles and your Apples of this world, they've mm-hmm. built they've built like really, really cool bits of kit, right? They've been able to build great bits of hardware and great apps and all the rest of it. But there has been absolutely like fuck all engineering principle behind how all of these things connect together. So like if you think about it from whether it's a bank or whether it's the health service and the health data and anything like that, there is just piles and piles of bits of kit that have just been plugged into each other. Um, so like, we'll take the, the Instagram thing you were just talking to us about, Joy. Mm-hmm. That might have been caused by someone turning off a, a bit of kit somewhere could be a server stack could be anything Mm -hmm. it 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 could and just they had no idea that that is where those accounts were stored or the data associated with those accounts were stored because there's no way of them to know so they just so like you've got what i would describe as almost like an archaeological dig of bits of it kit that no one actually knows how it's all put together. And that's the problem that Twitter's now got, is that the people who maybe have that knowledge in their heads have now been punted out the company. And that's why they're trying to get them back in, is because like they can't they can't possibly do it without because nothing's documented. Um there's no from one company to the next, the documentation changes. So you've got like potentially highly trained you know you might you might be an engineer at twitter for 13 years you know sure you'll Mm -hmm. be you'll be clever enough and a fee with being able to jump into different ways of working but chances are twitter's 
mode of operating isn't entirely the same as you know if they go over to google or they go over to meta or like wherever it is you know there's not going to be the same like there's not going to be the same processes in place and they're not going to document things in place um yeah it, it, it's a clusterfuck to put it in a technical yeah. term i believe um but it's it's just not I mean, it's an issue we, i've been watching the comments go by people saying well i've been shadow banned on tumblr there is no official shadow ban on tumblr it is spaghetti code glitch yeah and you can say well it happened to me because i was horny posting it happens to people who aren't horny posting as well like they just suddenly can't send messages and they can't do these things and the staff end up going what the f-? they're literally just pulling apart the spaghetti code going i don't know what this is because it's not part of their official policy and even the people that get um the horny blogs that got um pixelated at one point there's now an appeal system you can go through to get unpixelated because that was done by again it was when yahoo owned them was it yahoo yeah 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 um yahoo bought tumblr as well (laughs) yeah and it was an extremely bad piece of code that just was auto flagging everybody like at one point i got flagged because my bread recipe kept getting uh, flagged as poor for some reason um and it's, you know, the current staff are going, we don't know what this is. It's spaghetti code that's been left over from other people. Then it just it just lives on like a ghost in the machine. Um, and they a lot of the staff that built these things are just gone. Because at one point, Tumblr had such a high staff turnover, they would be like, oh, like, who did this code? Oh, we don't know. What does it do? Don't know. Um, but it's that it's that kind of, you need people that know where these things are. Otherwise, everything just goes to absolute chaos. And that's what we're going to start seeing with, like, again, like you were saying with Instagram, it could have been someone flipped off the wrong switch. Yeah. And a million people. A million people not only lost their accounts, a million people, you know, there were people that lost hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah. Um, well, and it meant that'll be entire revenue. Yeah. But I mean, like, that'll be a flip of the switch and then these accounts die and then these accounts disappear from people's follow list. Like mm-hmm. I did, I did see someone complaining. It was like, has anyone noticed that they lost like three hundred followers on Instagram? Um, which, yeah, I think is it's an interesting one. But it's it's largely because there is no standardized way of documenting all this out. People don't mm-hmm. like people are so focused on the IT that they actually don't know what the IT does. Like on some occasions, you know, like you know, their heads down on, you know, all the different bits of kit, but if they turn off that box, they have no idea that it underpins mm-hmm. like a specific process. Um, and I, I had a, <laughs> a really good thing there too, which was remember when the Y2K stuff was happening, they were pulling from people out of retirement because no one knew how to code in. Code in COBOL, yeah. yeah. In COBOL, yeah. Yeah, I was just about, yeah. I was literally, I'd brought that up. Um, I was just double checking it, but like, yeah, that's 100% like how kind of plug and play technology and like not proper documentation and i think like there's a this this isn't a dig at anyone who's a software developer but there is a certain industry thing at the moment where i feel like software developers are like the football players of the oh yeah the 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 career world where it's like they are massively I don't, I don't want to say they're massively overpaid because they do some an important job. But, like, some of them are. And a lot of the time, there's also not the same, like, 
documentation and rigor. Like so many people like don't comment their code up and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. like there's all that. There's all the like things that in within the software development environment. They go, oh well, no one comments up their code. Well, why mm-hmm. do you think we're fucking in this mess? Mm-hmm. Um, probably document my code, but then I could get fired and someone else can take over. Well. That exactly. It's like manufacturing their own job security. I did see that there was a there was like a joke um where it was like four people with like um MBAs sitting around a table that were all on like 120k a year, but it was like the the developer that was on like 350 because they'd basically they're able to build out the wee nest egg and be this sort of single source of like the key oh, almost like the keeper of the keys, to be honest. Um you know they become they become really important in that regard um but yeah it's interesting that like so i mean that's facebook obviously one of the the biggest companies in the world and they've got no fucking idea where all of their their data is for anything like they couldn't they couldn't tell you the engineers just couldn't tell you um which is why i also think that they should get the title engineer stripped from them I have a fucking issue with that myself. I could I could go off on that for fucking ages. You, but yeah. If, if, can, we could just if, get you and Mothman on one day uh, and you I'm, can just go at it. I'm fucking I, telling my, you. I, my eyes glaze over because I'm yeah. just like, I have no clue what's happening right now. Okay. But yeah, I'll, I can I'll, hear him behind I'm, me. I can feel the, <laughs> okay. can feel um, the rage. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in the, the simplest fucking terms, right? If you're in like engineers, like humans have done engineering since fucking forever, right? Mm-hmm. As in, we were doing engineering back when we were building the pyramids and all this sort of shit. Like, engineering requires a it's, a it's a mindset and it's an approach. And one thing that I'd say any engineering discipline has is like a proper like schematic diagram. Doesn't matter if you were a Roman engineer putting together an aqueduct or whether you were a fucking oil and gas engineer when we started to drill for oil, right? You had to understand every single fucking thing to make sure that the water, the electricity, the oil, the whatever got from point A to point B. Why the fuck can someone call themselves an engineer at Facebook and not know where the data from a user goes from point A to point B and all of the touch points in between. Uh, yeah. That that's, that's it. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> right, okay, I'm not, I'm not saying any more on that. But it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, we get to call these people, in, there's not an engineering aspect to that. Because if there was an engineering approach, then, like, you would know every single bit. I mean, like... In the oil and gas world in particular, like if you're working at an oil refinery and something goes wrong, people die. And then the regulator would come in and say, did you know every single fucking point that how like what caused that accident? Let's get out your schematic drawings. Let's have a fucking look at it. And then they would go through each and every step and say, okay, the problem started here. Here was the ripple effect. Why why, why in a world that pretends to be ready for AI and all this shit, do we not have that? Like, all, all, like so all these companies right now 
are all like jacking themselves off over things like AI. They think the AI is going to swoop in and magically save the day. Yeah. But the, what, what people are calling AI at the moment is actually just machine learning. Machine learning can only learn based on the data that it has access to. And the data that it has access to is soaked with our own human bias and has very little fucking access to it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, we could, I, again, I'm shutting, I'm shutting the whole... I, I, Joy, watching, Joy, say I'm watching, something else. I'm watching the techies in the chat just actually debating <laughs> all that stuff. And I'm like, cool. I'm glad they're having enrichment on this stream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm not saying anything. AI, you you take yeah. over. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say. Um, <laughs> the it is though it's that kind of actually just thinking of the Tumblr the 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 staff members that I follow, they were kind of like uh, they they brought up a really interesting thing yesterday, which was people were saying, well, if Twitter's able to fire that many staff and still stay open, does that mean they're overstaffed or are you understaffed? And the the answer that Tumblr gave was, "We are understaffed, but you know, both can be true. But the thing is, they're cutting the dead weight from Twitter, but it's not dead weight. They're saying it's dead weight so that they can turn around and say, well, actually, we've made a profit this year because they have to reach um, the, the. So the shareholders put so much money into Twitter. Okay, Twitter is currently in huge amounts of debt. Twitter has never made money. Um, I forget how much debt they have. I'm sure Mothman could drop it into the chat because he knows." Um, but it was the the reason they're axing all these people is that they probably had to lose so much in spending to make that number work and it's going to be when it gets to January Elon Musk going to go look Twitter's not in debt anymore look how well I'm managing this company and mm. it's going to be it's not that it's not in debt it's just that you don't have the staff to run it anymore um, and that was a thing that Tumblr did for a long time Yahoo cut all the staff to say, oh look, we are, we're, we're, you know, Yahoo bought Tumblr for like a, I forget how much money it was, a lot of money, and then they sold it for like the equivalent of a dollar, and it was like, oh yeah, well we 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 made money, like we were no longer in debt because we, you know, look at all this money we've saved. They just saved it by getting rid of the staff, and that was so, to the absolute detriment of the platform. Twitter's about to go through a very similar thing. Well, Twitter's about the... to see Tumblr levels of functionality, which. Good luck. <laughs> oh. Good luck. Well, I mean, the the interesting thing is, is like, Twitter was Twitter went public in 2013, and mm-hmm. like, when you take a company public, there's a certain level of it being too big to fail to a certain degree. Like, mm-hmm. for example, one of the one of the energy providers in the UK went kind of bust basically and they were saved by the government the government gave them something like 1.6 billion um to to get them back in motoring and now they're going to be acquired by another energy mm-hmm. company um but elon's now taking it private again which means it will just fucking hemorrhage money like mm-hmm. there's there's not going to be the same level of like stakeholders wanting to keep it afloat and all oh, we you know we can we can save the ship or anything like that. Like if it if it really is all down to him and you know there's no there's no board and there's no like kind of key stakeholders surrounding it, like it's I I, I don't know what the fucking 
I, I don't know what the end game is. And maybe the end game was just to tank the site. Maybe he got laughed at too much by accounts and he just wants to wipe it off the face of the air. Did you see the really... It only lasted for about an hour or so, maybe. But one of the people that was leaving suspended his account before he left. Yes, I did see that. That was cool. I was just like... Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like you, you have done. It's it's a shame that there's there wasn't like a kill switch on the account. Like it, it was only a suspension. Imagine being able to just wipe his account off the face of the earth. Because imagine what that would have meant if he then created his account again and had to fight against his own verification check mark system for. Like that would have been four ninety nine. It would it would have been really really funny, um, right? I feel like I'm now gonna go and upset everyone else further. Um, I'm guessing has anyone heard of the game Candy Crush? Yes. <laughs> did you did you hear about what they did? I did not know. Oh well, so Candy Crush to mark their. 10 year anniversary or some hellish nightmare 10 years. i don't know it is it's something like that but what they've what they what they did was they created a giant um play now candy crush advert in the sky over new york with drones um so we're we're, we're, we're moving we're moving in to the world of drones in the sky at night being adverts right which i i don't i'm not sure if it breaches terms of service to advocate for like <laughs> as as mothman says becoming a terrorist um i would actually say it's your citizen duty to i don't know like fuck it i'm not sure if can drones get fucked with laser pens or something like that I feel it is like. I think we should find out. Uh, <laughs> I I literally went into the tenth dimension of hell when you started telling. I was like, oh, <laughs> the the dystopia is fully here. Okay, that's. You 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 you, th- you thought I was just going to start talking about Candy Crush and what level I, I was did. on. <laughs> I did. I thought you were going to tell me there'd been a privacy breach or something. No, no, it's no. It, it's drones in the night sky playing ad. Okay. And the, the the worst thing was is like so uh, this is this is how garbage Twitter is and how garbage people are. But I, I saw someone going, "What's the difference between that and a, a light show that was done in Japan?" And they posted a video of um, it was drones in Japan um, doing, doing the fireworks. Do, no, no, yeah. doing doing. You know? uh, it was like they'd done a, a Pokemon light show right so they had like a giant charizard and then it morphed into like a pikachu and all this sort of stuff and it was like i would argue that that has kind of artistic merit because like pokemon is like quite you know solidified in the in the international psyche is very recognizable but candy crushes was a big plane now in the sky like it wasn't it wasn't pokemon and buy now on nintendo store it was <laughs> it was just the pokemon whereas candy crush it was like play now and then they had the the three like you know they had like a match of candy crush getting matched up and it was like the worst thing in the world 
Um, I, people are talking in chat about the 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 Ren fair, where the the the, 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 the guy yeah. chucked a spear at a drone, which is pretty cool to be honest. Um, is uh, yeah. I I don't object. So a lot of people object to drones in general. I don't. I've seen them being used to replace fireworks, and I love that. that. Yeah, that's cool. I, I I like fireworks. I do not like the noise. I do not like the air pollution it creates. Um, and I think drones can be a good alternative to that because you know. People don't talk about the fact that a lot of um, small birds and you know other insects and stuff they get wiped out by fireworks, um, and also it's bad for people with PTSD. It's bad for people with migraines. It's bad for animals. All the loud noises and the bangs and the smoke and everything. I quite like seeing the drones doing it because once the drones are down, they can be used again for a different light show. Yeah, and um, they can just be fucking transported around. I mean, I was yeah. So Falkirk had their fireworks. Um, yeah, yesterday, yeah, because it was the fifth. Mm-hmm. I must admit, I do, I do find it extremely funny that the UK in the in the week running up to like remembrance and respect for like the veterans and and everything like that, they have they have the PTSD fucking trigger show, like because yeah. because it is just like constant fucking fireworks, and of course, I I hate it because like the the dogs that live near us all go mental and obviously they're really mm-hmm. distressed by it and that's never nice um our cats are never too bad with fireworks so they did live in edinburgh so they're used to like loud noises yeah, and traffic used to the but, the explosions, yeah. but they it, it's yeah. just so i don't know I, it a lot of it seems in poor taste to me like you're saying like they're having like the for veterans and stuff like that oh let's have fireworks fuck off seriously yeah. Well, like, no, it's, it's just, just I like it is, it is weird how like in and to be honest, that like for those of you who don't know, remembering Sundays on the the eleventh, and this is the whole poppy thing that it becomes more and more kind of egregious every single the, year. The military propaganda like, show that it's become instead of it actually being about remembrance. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, like. <laughs> I'm not sure if you saw one of the things I put up on Tumblr, but someone took a photo at a supermarket where there was like cadets that were collecting money or whatever, and um, the the cadets were holding baguettes like rifles over their shoulder. They were they were they were doing it like this, and they were standing on like at guard um, at the supermarket with fucking baguettes. It was very weird experience. Like the the UK goes daft. Every sing- like every year for this thing mm-hmm. to the point where it's not respectful and like I mean obviously World War Two we've still got a bit to bit to go before it's been a hundred years since the end of World War Two mm-hmm. but like for World War One I, I would say like it's it's been over a hundred years now I think the my my take on it is is that like they have been respected for that hundred years and maybe it's now time to like actually let them rest uh, it, it, you know is me, that kind of thing it's not about remembrance it is propaganda and jingoism oh, it, it a is. lot of the time because you i mean i grew up in a very a, a village town and there's photos from the end of world war Two and the war monuments that was a it was a war monument that was erected for world war one yeah. then world war Two was hot behind it and there's a photo from World War Two, and it's there is literally people from all the surrounding villages came to that one place because it's where the, the, the church was as well. Yeah, and it was just you could not see for bodies, and it was people there for remembrance. Yeah. Now, when you go, 
it's a military parade with hiring bands. Yeah. That's not what Remembrance Day was. Remembrance was let us hope we never do it again. That's what the that's the, one of the the banners that was on display. It was like the, never again was the, yeah. the message that was on it. Now it's you know it gets to Remembrance Sunday. There's recruiting trucks for the military. Something was, has gone wrong. That's not what this is supposed to be. Yeah, there was a there was a unsettling. there was a really bad one a couple of years ago, which I think uh, I posted about it at the time, and it sometimes like comes up every uh, every Remembrance Day. But there was a one that was really bad, and it was like the army went to like a school, and like these oh, yeah, I remember these that. these kids were wearing like t shirts that said "Future Soldier" on them. Um, yeah. in the most like fucked up, <laughs> fucked up way uh, going like it was it was really it's bad really, and it was it's like really uncomfortable which is funny because there's also like I think there was a game at the time called Ghost Recon Future Soldier uh, <laughs> it was like the, the worst PR fucking nightmare for them mm-hmm. but it's like yes yeah, the amount like the thing is and like the army like really try and ramp up recruitment around this time as well and another thing that's quite interesting is that a lot of the poppies that are made are made by people in prison on basically slave wages um they get paid less than minimum wage to make these poppies Mm -hmm. um and then of course the british legion or whatever they get to keep all the kind of donation money and then because they're a charity, they don't get taxed on it, da, 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 you get the idea. It, it's um, really, it really is playing into imperialistic jingoism of, oh, we were the greatest country, we did this, we did that. And it has yeah. nothing to do with the original meaning of it. And it yeah. makes me really uncomfortable. And, and again, I came from a small village town. We lost something like 90% of our young men from that village. Yeah. That, that was like, you look at the monument, there's... You know, brothers, there's entire families wiped yeah. out on that plaque, and they have the goal to bring an army recruiting truck in on Remembrance Day. It really annoys me. Mm. It really does annoy me. And I used, to, I used to be, I was, you know, I was in uh, Girl Guides and Girls Brigade. We had, we were mandatory. We had to go and fly the flag at these things. Yeah, I did the and same. And that's when I remember the military trucks coming in. Uh, I remember thinking that's a bit weird. Yeah, you know, as a kid and as an adult, it's infuriating. And I could never understand, like, the... Because I, I grew up with it being a very kind of community-based thing. Like I said, I was in Girl Guides. And it was always like, you know, it, we're honouring the fact that there was there was one family loss. It, the family just doesn't exist anymore. They were all gone. Yeah. And, you know, the, the farm was still lying vacant because no one... no one It was an important part of the village, so no one took it over. And then you just have these military trucks rolling in, like, oh, yeah, come on, children, let's recruit for the war. And it's just like... I no. <laughs> it's literally just such a weird contrast. And then you have like you say, like the slave basically slave labor creating these poppies. And if you're not wearing one, it's a huge stigma. Well, th- this is the thing. So there was a there was an <laughs> there was an Irish boy on the Graham Norton show uh, who wasn't wearing a poppy. And mm-hmm. the amount of fucking complaints that the British public sent in because one of the guests wasn't wearing a poppy. I mean, I'm I'm desperate to know. I mean, I can already picture them, but it's like it's fascinating to know what type of p- 
person picks up the phone or writes in to a TV show because the the guest that isn't even from the UK isn't wearing a poppy. I mean, I think the, the Irish have more than a couple of reasons not to wear a poppy and like, you know, lean into the whole British jingoism side of it. Yeah. It's it's weird that it's like it's this kind of like hyper British nationalism that is Well, it's been ridiculous. part of the it, it's been the not to bring up speak up, you know, Boris Johnson again, but you know, <laughs> He was a huge part of media presence for a long time before he became Prime Minister. And yeah. he used to go on things like, you know, um, Have I Got News For You, which for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's a comedy show that is very, it focuses on the news that week. Um, and he would bring up a lot of like, you know, I, I believe Britain, you know, we are the greatest country in the world. But, like, you, you know, you do the whole kind of, you know, buy a jingle and yeah. and all that stuff. And um, it's been an insidious... It's been coming in very, very insidiously since the days of Maggie Thatcher that the yeah. empire can survive. And it, it's it, people. There are some people who do genuinely believe that, and they genuinely want the empire to to continue to exist. And you're going, what is wrong with you? And the answer is, they have no other source of community other than that. That, yeah. And it, it's very kind of yeah. Some you know people are saying in the chat, it's like war larping. You know, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, we're, we're LARPing the, in, you know, the 1940s when we were the greatest empire ever. And it's like, where are we? <laughs> yeah. You know, where are we ever? I mean, like, is this, are, are, any of our stuff, do, should we feel proud of it? If you think but, of it with any sort of compassion in your heart, you have to say, no, actually, we should be quite ashamed, ashamed of our entire imperial history. But the, the, the problem... There's nothing to be proud of. Yeah, I mean, the problem with, like, post-World War II UK is it was actually the children of the people that went through World War II that almost... Uh, I feel like it's almost like stolen valour to a certain degree because it was the it was, like, the most entitled British people were the people born in the aftermath of World yeah. War II by the like it's almost like they claimed they claimed their parents role in the war mm -hmm. as as their own to say yeah it's like it's boomers basically but it's like they claimed their parents role in the war as their own and that's where you get this kind of like weird hyper british nationalism where mm -hmm. you know oh we were the grace i mean like fair enough if they respected their parents for it so that's one thing but you know morphing it into you my know, generation my generation yeah it's like well the generation <laughs> your, your gen they're like your, your generation <laughs> maybe ha like so my dad's that generation he's very anti-war and everything because he's anti everything um <laughs> but he remembers rationing being a thing still yeah. when he was wee because of how badly they were affected he remembers that and he remembers you know all these things where you had your ration book and you had all these things he's of the generation that came after that and he never you know he worked with a lot of, you know, when he went into his apprenticeship, he worked with a lot of ex-soldiers that had all been traumatised and all these things. And his experience was very different because he grew up with a dad that was PTSD and was very unhealthy and all, yeah. you know, it, it was bad. And the reality of that for him was it was bad. And, you know, he always took the view of the people that were very by jingle about it and my parents fought. And it was, it's a justification for the trauma that was inflicted on them. Mm. And because you did have a lot of men who came home from the war and they took it out on their families, unfortunately. Yeah. And 
my dad's reasoning, you know, his understanding of these people that are very, they double down on it. And it's, well, you know, my, my generation, they have the trauma from that the previous generation's trauma. So to yeah. them, it carries over as if they fought the war as well, because they had that inflicted on them. And to some extent, I do agree that that is part of it, but that does not make it okay. It's yeah. a bad coping mechanism to say, well, we are the greatest because stiff up our lip and we never show emotion. And it's like, you need think, therapy. The, like that. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> think the, the thing with, um, like when people think about Remembrance, they do they do bundle World War One and World War Two together. And they do. I kind of, I'm not sure. I mean, like World War One was a rich person's war that was fought with like monarchies it was like you know it was it was a family feud between monarchies basically i mean that's basically what all major wars have been well i mean like the thing history yeah i mean like the the only the only difference with that is like world war ii we were actually fighting against like you know actual fucking hitler you know it's like it's it's a bit different but like to i feel like to bundle i mean like I, it's weird because I've I've watched um, one of the World War One films that's just kind of been redone uh, on Netflix. It's all quiet on the Western Front. Oh and yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 obviously had a couple of iterations of it, and I think it was quite a popular film before. But this is like a a twenty twenty two remastering of it. Um, it's a German film, so the original um, was filmed entirely in German. It's got like a British dub or an English dub. Um, if you want that, or you can watch it with subtitles. But it was, it was interesting because like World War One is, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm not, sure, I don't, I'm not sure about the reincarnation. Thing, but I always get so, so fucking nervous whenever I see a depiction of um, guys about to go over the top in the trenches. I don't know why, but like I'm not sure if it's just a kind of modern film thing where they've absolutely mastered it. But I remember watching it in uh, Black Adder. You know, in like season four of Blackadder, uh, the one that I cry every time. Even yeah, because like that's a yeah. that's a big standout one for like a lot of people. Was like you know it's been a really funny comedy show the entire way through, and then the final fucking episode and the final bit of that episode is them going over the top and them all getting killed. Um, it just it ends with poppy fields. Yeah, like it, there's this like amazing screen transition to like them all charging in slow motion, and then it just becomes poppy fields. But like. They, they did it in 1917 as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then they did it in This All Quiet on the Western Front. But it's like, you're seeing it from the Germans' side, um, which is quite interesting and weirdly quite sympathetic as well. Um, mm-hmm. In a way that it's like, I mean, these guys were just being told to fucking run at each other and getting like mowed down. So there's like, there, you know, there's a, there's a way that that's portrayed, which is... You know, I don't know why, but I always get really, really nervous whenever there's a scene where they're about to be told to go over the top. I, I, I don't know why. I get really like anxious, as in to the point where I can like picture myself being in a fucking trench and being about to be told to go over the top. I, I don't know what it is, but it is. It, it, it's, it's. They, I think being growing up in the UK, it's ingrained because so much of our history focuses on World War Two. Yeah, and also the fact that it was the poor people going over the top. Well, World War One, World for, War the, One yeah. for the trenches, yeah, and for then... the trenches, yeah, and it's very kind of ingrained that it's well, you, you know, if you were poor and you enlisted, you basically cannon fodder. Yeah, that was you it. know, um, and I, I remember, you know, it, it's the Blackadder one is really funny because 
the the cast from Blackadder hated how that ended. They thought it they thought it wasn't respectful enough. Mm. Um, and they they did it. They put it in slow motion because the, when they were doing it, they looked at it and they thought it just looks like us being prat and flailing about, just, just running. And yeah. they were they were trying to get this major kind of this was the death of the entire generation. This yeah. this this was you know it was inflicted by you know the upper echelon of society. We're going oh yeah just just go die just go die so that you know we can continue being the ruling classes and it was. It was really interesting to watch how uncomfortable they were with it but because they thought they weren't doing it justice. It's, it's funny because you know? like Stephen Fry's character is the officer that sits yes. way up the back. Uh, you know, he's like he's miles away from the actual frontline trenches. Um, it's, it's a really good film. I would recommend it to anyone. By the way, it's yeah. all quiet on the Western Front. It's on Netflix, um, and it just shows. I get like you. You always like for me anyway. I've always heard about it from the the British side. You always hear about the mm-hmm. British and the Battle of the Somme and, and stuff like that. Um, this is mainly the Germans and the French. Um, and you, you're seeing it entirely from the German perspective. So I feel like the British quite like to talk about how shitty our trenches were and how nice and neat and tidy the German ones were. Because the Germans had proper concrete bunkers built underground mm-hmm. and stuff like that that's that's always what's been told um the the film portrays it in a slightly different way from the germans perspective which is it was probably just a shit um there might have been some I mean, it, yeah. some good bunkers but you know it wasn't great um, um i just saw teeth bar teeth bar i remember doing a kind of messed up thing in primary school where we we're made to do a full a fo- you know a fake air raid drill mm. i have a fascinating story about this from my childhood oh, and God. it was um this was when the 1800 house the reality television had just taken off i don't know if anyone knows what that was it was a family they they, they kind of built this house to be like a time casual and the family had to live for a year as if they were in the 1800s i think it was a year it could be less than that but okay. um this was when reality television with historical stuff was taking off. And the BBC's done a lot of things. They've done the Coal House. They've done the Fisherman's Houses. They've done World War Two. Our primary school made us do, when we were in primary seven, it was a year spent living in World War Two, And you had gas masks that you had to carry. You had air raids that would go off. The school classroom windows were papered over. Uh, we were eating rations for certain things like Wait, for of, a, sorry hold on for a year like a school it was year not, it wasn't a full year it was it was less than a full school year but it was for okay. a sizable chunk of the year and holy fuck a lot, it was several months i think six months minimum that we did it for and a lot of us were developing like um you know they were like, oh, well, it shows you how much healthier they were. But it's yeah, like vitamin D deficiency. And it never, nothing ever came of it because it was deemed, it was not ethical. Yeah, fucking hell. What the but fuck? It was, it was like a whole thing where we were like, we had, we had to learn all the World War II songs and we had to do all these things. And it was like to show you that, you know, these British children still had what it took. And it was like, no, actually, this was, it wasn't, children were not healthier then. Because it was this whole idea that, well, kids today, it, it's very similar in the stuff that has, that I hate Jamie Oliver for, where he goes, oh, kids these days are so unhealthy, blah, blah, blah. We were so much fitter when we had rationing and we were eating vegetables. We had fucking scurvy. <laughs> you know, it was... You, we had people, oh, you, we, 
it was really just it was such a bizarre experiment and but they were convinced that it was oh it would be good for the children it'll be character building it wasn't it was just traumatizing <laughs> like it was we have tornado sirens over here in minnesota and every time they go off my fight or flight instinct kicks in because i hear air raid no fucking because hell. of that and it's like what was that was that just a, a, I sometimes think that I hallucinate that whole thing and then me and my friends will sit down and be like remember that time when you know we had to like live through World War 2 and Primary 7 <laughs> as part fun. of this experiment and nothing came of it because it was like oh actually the kids are malnourished and like traumatised and unhappy <laughs> it was just such a weird you know I mean holy shit like, <laughs> yeah, the, there was like oh yeah we had street like a lot of it in Primary 7 you were deemed old enough to handle learning about the war Right. And like a lot of other schools, like we had other village schools that we went and had World War II street parties with for like, yay, D Day, it's over. And like, <laughs> cut to our class, we're all just standing there. Just <laughs> <laughs> really need really, 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 really need a lemon. <laughs> they, but it was like. I feel. Uh, yeah, I feel like my my primary seven class took a slightly more ethical approach to what you did because we went on a school trip instead. Um, we did all that too. We, well, we yeah, well was... we went we went on a school trip to a museum in Glasgow where we got to dress up as school children in the nineteen forties. Um, oh, that is that Scotland Street School? I think so. Yeah. And yeah, uh, which well. is a, which is a, a really fun experience, but like I remember, um, like so the the whole thing was that the the teachers really strict, and it was to show yes. it was it was it was to be honest, it was propaganda for the fucking teachers that were taking us there. It was like, look how good we are compared to what you look could how have nice got. We are. <laughs> um, and we, you had, know, we did the Victorian tour when we were there. Ah, was okay. Thing. Well, yeah. like the teacher walked about with a with a cane. Um, he didn't full on cane us, um, but you know it was a it was a threat, um, and I remember like we also had to we had to write we had to like write notes, um, we had to write to like our parents or some shit, and um, but we had to do it with these fucking shite pens, right? I'm talking about like the proper ink blotter kind of like mm-hmm. fucking pens, um, and the the teacher informed me that I could blot for Scotland. Um, <laughs> and that was that was the origin of my name I forgot nah I'm joking um, but yeah I remember him he was very very stern um, he was like you can block yeah. for Scotland we, boy I was like okay we fuck. did the Victorian era and the woman that did it was she literally she was walking around smacking the cane off the base of the tables to get people to twitch and jump <laughs> and everything but I remember having to write on a um, it was a chisel a, a, you know a chalkboard with a, oh, wow. a, a chisel on it for the Victorian one and we were all dressed up in the Victorian gear, um, and my my mum was one of the people doing the the you know the the parent chaperoning type right. of thing, and uh, she was kind of watching everything happen. She's like, "I had that," and I'm like, "Didn't you go to school in the fifties?" And she's like, "Yeah." She's like, "I'm realizing how underfunded our school was." <laughs> <laughs> you know the chalk. The, the Victorian era chalk. <laughs> she's like, "I'm realizing how shit my school was." <laughs> Yeah. I like I like the fact that you know it was just like you were you were all very much in a Victorian LARP and your mum was just standing there like I got a minute <laughs> this, my school was shite <laughs> um, pretty much yeah. 
Right, I think we've gone a wee bit over time. Actually, we we've got. We I know we, we've we've tangents Completely within tangents. Tangents at the end. Um, Nothing to do with Twitter at all. <laughs> no, that's 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 fair. We everyone's come to expect this of us. Uh, right, I suppose I will uh, wrap up. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us for episode twenty. Um, we made it to 20 there we go um we're going to be wrapping up now uh, for those of you who are listening on the podcast if you're in chat on twitch at the moment stay behind we'll have a, a wee chat uh, afterwards um but yeah that's us uh, we've we've spoken a wee bit about twitter social media a wee bit of a, a rant about engineering um and then a wee bit about kind of uh, british jingoism and poppy stuff um so that that's that we were originally just going to title this one Twitter, but now we're going to have to extend. We're going to have to come up with something different. Though. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Joy, I've made your job a little bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's uh, that's great. We'll wrap up now. So thanks very much, everyone, and uh, we'll catch you next week. See you later, folks. Bye bye.